Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 94 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Stacy Downs. Stacy lives in Old River, Texas, and she works for a chemical plant in the shipping department. Welcome, Stacy. Hi, Jen. It is so great to talk to you today. It's great to talk to you, too. Well, you know, I like to start off by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? I first found intermittent fasting last year, so it was between February and March of 2019. I guess I could go back further than that. As a kid, I even kind of watched my mom go through different diets or whatever, and I would just kind of mimic whatever she was doing, like, oh, mom's eating grapefruits this week. I think I need a grapefruit or oh yeah, <laughs> trying to make sure that I got in enough water because she was having enough water or whatever. I don't think I was ever successful. I just thought I 
did what she did. But I, I was overweight as a kid. As I got older, I did different things just kind of on my own. But as a, a kid or even a teenager, I, I wasn't really super morbidly obese or anything. But when I got into high school, I did lose a lot of weight, but it wasn't in a healthy way. It was just typical teenager. Well, I'm not eating today. And right. That was the only time that I ever got like too skinny. Like my prom pictures, I I think I was probably in a size two dress. I was too skinny at that time. But and what what era was that? What what I graduated in nineteen ninety three. Okay, okay, you're my sister's age. I'm a class of eighty six. So. Oh, okay. And then after that, life just went on, and I married my first husband, I think that was 96, and I know I weighed 145 at that time. Of course, I thought I was fat at that time, but after that, when I had children, I gained and gained each time. I have three kids of my own, and with my first pregnancy, I actually got up to 265 pounds. And how tall are you? Because that helps us to put it in perspective. I'm five foot three and a half. Okay. So that was a lot on my short frame. And after I had my son, I was able to get back down to about 175. I don't remember what method I used at that time. I know we had a thing at work, a wellness program. It might have been that that at this time. I did it one time. It's called Choose to Lose. And you had like a little checkbook register. It was primarily oh like that. Yes. Okay. So what did you like write it all down in the little register? And Yes. You had to write everything down based on your height, I guess, or whatever. And whether you're a man or a woman, they gave you, this is your calorie, like a quota that you had to at least meet. You could go over the okay. calorie one, but the fat one was a budget and you had to stay under that. And I, I did what I always do. I got down to about 175 and then it, I had my middle daughter. And of course, I didn't get as heavy with her as I did with my son. But again, I creeped back up and then I had to figure out something else to lose weight again. She was born in 2003. Uh, my first son was born in 2000. I think after that time, I had read the Atkins book and then I started doing low carb. And I did have success with that. And I, I guess what brought me to that is I love sweets. And my husband at the time, he was a Mountain Dew freak. So I knew sugar was something that we both needed to try to get rid of. And that did help. And then I had my third child and it happened all over again. And I went back to my old faithful low carb. And then she's my last baby and she was born in 2007. But yet every year it's been the same thing. I could get down to about 170 and then I would go back to old habits and my body just really liked to navigate between 185 to 194. And it never failed. Every year was the same old thing. Go back to, got to get this figured out, go back to on a diet, go on low carb. And finally in 2018, that was a very stressful year for us. We lost two family members that year. My son graduated. So, you know, all the activities that go with having a senior in high school. So just busy. And then I had a hysterectomy that year. Also, we ended up having Thanksgiving at our house. And then this will be confusing. I've referred to I, this is my second marriage that I'm not on now. So that Christmas after my hysterectomy, my current husband proposed. We had been together for a long time, but this year he we finally wanted to make it official. So 
Then fast forward to January. I'm like, okay, it's been a rough year. Now I have a wedding. I don't want to be fat in my wedding pictures and I've got to get a handle on this. And so I went back to my old faithful, low carb, and it just wasn't working. Yeah, I think that a lot of us, you know, we kept going back to those old, you know, tried and true because it's all that we knew. You know, I kept trying to go back to low carb and I never lost weight on low carb. So I don't know why I thought it would be different. It's like, this is the time it's going to work. It never did. But I kept always cycling back. Really, I think I would go back to the ones that I like to eat the food of. Yes. Well, we have to enjoy what we're doing. And I, I do like, you know, cheese and I like being able to have real butter and everything. But Cream, so many- yeah, meat, yeah, all you want. That's I think that's what kept selling me. All you want, eat all you want. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I never counted the carbs in my Splenda, in my coffee or in my sweet and low in my tea. I just, I, I might, you know, log a few carbs here and there trying to stay under 20 or 50 or whatever it was I was going for for the day. So I kind of suspected that that was probably my carb creep, as they call it. But I never logged it and I didn't think anything else of it. Since low carb wasn't working, I was like, let me give it a little bit more kick and try keto this time since that's a little stricter. So I joined some keto groups on Facebook and it was in one of those groups that somebody, they always post their dramatic before and after pictures. And I noticed it was the ones who were like, well, I'm skipping breakfast. I'm trying intermittent fasting. And that just sounds horrible at first. That sounds so taboo. You're not supposed to skip meals, but somebody had posted, well, why don't you read Obesity Code and and figure it out for yourself? I also am a a big reader, so I had seen Obesity Code in the Amazon chart and the bestsellers for a long time, but that horrible word obesity, I don't want to read that book. But on the advice of someone in some keto group, I did. I found the book for free through the Hoopla app with my local library. And I remember it was February 24th when I checked out the book. And by March 4th, I had already returned the book to the library. So somewhere in there was when my first fast was. And it all started to make sense. And since I was already doing low carb at, while I found the book, I continued to eat that way. And I had been stuck. Low carb wasn't working for me. But when I added in the fast, that's when the pounds started falling off. And it wasn't it wasn't anything drastic or anything, but it the scale at least was moving. So that was March. And we got married in June on the beach. And I don't hate my wedding pictures. I love that. I know. So by then I had lost about 30 pounds. Wow. And see, and you had been stuck. You had been stuck for so long and couldn't get it. So when you lost 30 pounds, what did that bring you down to? Um, Before the wedding, I was 161. Oh, wow. And you couldn't get down there before, no matter what you tried, you could not get below that 170s mark. And then, wow, I know that felt great. It did. Yeah. I think I even made a post about it because it was kind of emotional, like all these years. Yeah, I could get to 170, but I'm going to creep back up to 185 before you know it. And to get to 170 and then continue to go down, it was it was a miracle. 
in May or June, I had gotten to the 160 range. I got married at the end of June and we camped on the beach. We have a, we have an RV. So my husband's a, a big fisherman and I like to walk the beach for seashells and stuff. So we just fished, enjoyed the beach. We had tons of leftover wedding cake. I enjoyed my windows and I had guilt because I was doing low carb up until that time. And I, I really miss snacks. And when you're camping, that's part of it is you want to just in, enjoy camping food. And I had saw somebody posted like in one of the fun groups. I'm in those Facebook groups too. Somebody had posted like maybe their food or something in the, the keto police hammered on them like, oh, that's not keto. You can't have that. And that person said, read, delay, don't deny, and you'll understand it a little better. Well, here's what's so funny. I have to just interrupt that. You know, I, I'm a huge Jason Fung fan. I love Jason Fung. And what's so funny is when you read the obesity code, he does not tell you to be keto. No. He says whole unprocessed foods. Right. And so, you know, it always cracks me up. There was some guy years ago, bless his heart, he came into the Delay Don't Deny group and he was low carb and I have zero problem with low carb or keto. If you feel great, if that's how you want to eat, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. But he was keto police, like you said, and telling us we should all be keto and that Jason Fung said we should all be keto. And I'm like, really? No, no, he doesn't say that. When I read the obesity code, I did not walk away thinking everyone be keto. It's just like you said, it's real food, unprocessed, high quality food. And that guy left the group and he was like so mad that we weren't going to all be keto. And I'm like, come on now, friend. (laughs) Anyway, the person mentioned not eating keto and mentioned delight on dinner. And so I looked the book up and I marked it in my Kindle. I have an ongoing wish list or whatever of stuff that I want to read, something I want to remember. But I didn't buy the book at that time. So I, I must have also... Googled in Facebook or whatever, because I remember looking at the delay, don't deny page. And my first thing that I saw was somebody had posted their, it must've been their, their one meal a day. It was a Big Mac, the fries, a Coke and a Sunday. And now that I'm a member of the groups, I think I know who that person was. I won't call him out. Yeah. Was it a, was it a female or a male? Yes, it was a female. And after seeing that and then doing it low carb with the fasting, I was like, oh, no, that's not healthy. Um, that's just not the right way to do this. I'm not even going to read it. Can I tell you something about that that member? I love her so much. She is She's a longtime member. She's in um, several of my groups. And her taste in food has changed so much. You know, we viciously defended her to the point of, do not tell her not to eat that or what to eat because people would get really upset. But over time, she has gravitated to different food choices, which is what we want people to do. We want people to have the power to choose. And over time, intermittent fasting guides us to healthier food choices. So you came along. That was right when it was really happening all the time and people were getting really upset. But I remember that. The food police were in hot pursuit. And we all know that's not your ideal way to eat, right? Right. But if that's what tides her over or holds her over during her fast is knowing that once I break my fast, I get to have whatever the heck I want and that's it, then let her eat it. You know, that's her journey. And also if you were eating fast food three times a day with fast food snacks in between, 
then going to an eating window with just fast food and an eating window is such a step in the right direction. And then this member, I love her. She's one of my favorites. I love all the members in the group, but she is somebody I have watched and cheered her on and seen her taste change naturally. And like I said, it's not because we told her to. It's not because we guilted her into changing. She genuinely is enjoying changing her food choices, and that makes me so happy for her. Yes, I always look forward to seeing her post now, too. I, I'm not positive that was her, but because just my first impression of the group, I wouldn't think to remember the name, but now I'm pretty sure it was her. I'm pretty sure it probably was, yeah. So, yeah, you were like, oh, no, this is not a healthy eating group. What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. But with all the time that I had, you know, being at the beach and staying in the RV, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and read it because, you know, why not? I don't have anything to lose. And then I got it. It was like, okay, there isn't a, you have to eat this way. There isn't a meal plan with that. It was have a clean fast, which I wasn't clean fasting before. I was allowed to have cream in my coffee and pickle juice. Sometimes I would have pickle juice as a crutch in my fast. I never was one to have bone broth. So I learned about clean fasting and just learning about delay, don't deny. And that if I wanted it, put it in a window and I could have it, that erased the guilt. And that came at such a critical time for me because my main motivation from when I started in March all the way until the end of June was the wedding. Okay, so now it's typical of me. The wedding is over. I've had a few foods that I enjoyed that were off plan. And now what am I going to do when life gets back to normal and I go back to work? I never thought about continuing to fast without the low carb. And so I read Delay Don't Deny it just the perfect time because that told me that Fasting is going to work with whatever foods you choose. And you're right. My tastes have changed over time. At first, it was just I wanted croutons on my salad. I didn't want to have to feel bad. I wanted fruit. I remember having nectarines and watermelon in my window just because I couldn't whenever I was doing keto or low carb. And those were the things that were in season at that time. And since then, it's not only fruit and croutons that have entered my windows, but I've enjoyed it this whole time. And instead of throwing in the towel and giving up the whole thing, it has allowed me to continue fasting. And I think I said I was 161 when I got married. After the week at the beach, I came back and I was 159. Now, granted, I did a lot of walking too. Well, wow. I know <laughs> even with eating bad foods, I still lost a couple pounds. Wedding cake. You had wedding cake. <laughs> exactly. Lots of wedding and cake. And even Jason Fung says, when you're at a wedding, eat the cake. Right. right. And, <laughs> yes. I kept hearing that message over and over in my head for sure. Eat the dang cake. Since then, I hover between 145 and 147. 145 was my pie-in-the-sky goal weight all those other years when I could only make it to 170. And now that I'm here, I really think that I could stand to lose another 10 pounds, but I'm not fretting over it. I still just eat what I want. Here lately, I've realized that I'm still trying to cram two whole meals into my window, whether it's a four-hour window or a five-hour window. And so I kind of stopped doing that. I realized one of my meals really needs to be a snack, whether that's a salad or 
cheese and crackers and summer sausage and then have my meal later. I like to open up late afternoon so I can have a cup of coffee. I still want my cream and Splenda in my window. So if I opened only at dinner, I wouldn't sleep very well if I had it that late. So that's really my, my real reason for opening in the afternoon. And then I have dinner with my family and I usually close my window by six. And that just, that seems to be working for me. I've tried um, ADF a few times and I tried it the first time in May, right before the wedding. And it was just so hard. I don't know if I was maybe too early in my fasting journey for me to try going that long, but it was hard. You know, I would say, I would say that that could likely be true because, you know, you do build up that fasting muscle. I believe it. Yes, for sure. And fasting clean because in May I hadn't read till I don't deny. So I was still having the cream and pickle juice sometimes. And that always just makes me anything like that. You know, when I, when I got to maintenance and decided I could relax a little bit and try this and that, that just always makes me so much more hungry. Yes. Yes. I would rather like if there's something, if, if my husband and I are out and about and he wants something just quick or whatever, and I haven't opened my window yet, it has to for real be window worthy because if it's just a a little something, I'm going to be, that's just going to make me hungrier. And like donuts is something that comes to mind. He might want a donut, but I would never open my window with a donut, not because I'm trying to be a health freak or whatever, just because I know it's going to make me feel bad. Yeah, 100%. I've never been a huge donut fan. Although when I had the moderator retreat at my house in August or early September, it was end of August, early September, one of the moderators brought these donuts from somewhere in Nashville. She she lives in Nashville. They were like the best donuts ever. So I can no longer say I don't like donuts (laughs) because they were fabulous, but I wouldn't want to open my window with them. You know, we like cut those donuts up. We had a box of donuts. There were like 10 of us and like a dozen donuts. And we cut them into tiny pieces and tried them all. And it was amazing. What was it called? We're going to Nashville next week. Something with sisters, four sisters, two sisters, the sisters. I don't know. Something with sisters and donuts. I I can't remember. But everybody in Nashville is probably screaming at their phone right now going, it's the whatever. But yeah, (laughs) I definitely recommend those donuts. I'm sure it will be easy to find. If you go to Nashville, try those try those donuts after you've had something else to eat. <laughs> right, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't like ADF at that point at all when you tried it? No, I didn't. But through the summer, like I said, we have an RV. We're big fishermen and everything. So we camped several other times on the, on the beach. There was one month that we had a spot reserved for a whole month. We didn't camp for a month straight, but we lived close enough to the beach that we could just go down on weekends. And so my windows were long. I had all kinds of crazy food. Just, I I really enjoyed my summer. So by the time September rolled around, I was, I was like, okay, not that I needed to get back on track, but I really needed to kick some sugar out of my window and just tighten things up a little bit. And I did do ADF in September and I had tried it that time with the 500 calorie meal on down days and that mentally made it just so much easier for me. So I used that meal and I did it. I don't remember if I did it for a whole month at that time or not, but I eventually ended up ditching the 500 calorie meal also. But it was just, it was totally different. I enjoyed the energy I had on my down days. I sometimes don't sleep very well, though. And on my up days, I did. I enjoyed my my longer windows on on the up days. And then 
then we had the holidays and everything. So I, I've thrown in maybe a 36 or 42 hour fast here and there, but I haven't since done, okay, these next two weeks, I'm going to do ADF. I haven't done that since probably September, but it was a game changer. May when I first tried it versus September, it was so much easier the second time around. That's great to hear. So people who have maybe experimented with it in the past, do not just throw it out and say, yeah, I hated that. That didn't work for me because it may it may be something that you come back around to and you can change it and try it in a different way and you might like it the next time. Or again, it could be the difference between, you know, what you just said, Stacy, that you were not fasting clean and now you are. And so that makes a huge difference. I do agree that not sleeping is the the thing that was the hardest part for me. And so I don't know how it would be now. I haven't tried it since really 2016. I haven't tried it. I haven't done a a longer fast since then. And I keep thinking, you know, I should really probably try it because I talk about it so much. But then I'm like, now I want to eat my dinner. (laughs) So I don't. And I'm at goals. So, I mean, I'm in my, you know, I don't need to lose weight. So I would really just be trying it just to try it. So. I sometimes want to do the longer fast because I I had all three of my babies by C-section. So I do have some loose skin. So for the autophagy, I can't say it, autophagy. Autophagy, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For those benefits, I do like to throw in a longer fast every now and then. But I find that... I always have such good ideas now for dinner. Dinner is so important. So the thought of going a whole day without something special for dinner, that's usually my only thing that keeps me from, nah, I don't want to do a long fast this week. I'm the same way. I'm like, I want to try it just to see. I wouldn't like to experiment, you know, since I, but I'm like, well, you know, this dinner is going to be really good tonight. So (laughs) I just don't have the motivation to do it. You know, if I if I had something I was trying to heal or if, you know, if I had gained weight, I, I might would try it. But mm-mm. thank goodness. I was really afraid. You know, I'm going through menopause now, um, 50. I'm not done with it, but I'm not fully on the other side. But I was worried that I would, you know, gain weight through menopause because that's pretty much what you expect. That's what everybody tells you. And so I was like, maybe I'll have to do more drastic fasting. But thank goodness I haven't had to. Right. Thank goodness. I was worried about that after my hysterectomy too, because even though I kept my ovaries, people had told me that too, that, oh, after you have a hysterectomy, you're just going to gain weight. Like it's just inevitable. And thankfully that wasn't the case for me. That's good. That is really good. But we really do hear that as women. It's like, oh, well, it's just what's going to happen. Go ahead, get some stretchy pants. No, I do not. I don't accept that as my future. (laughs) I mean, if it did, I have tools in my toolbox, I could figure it out. But, you know, we we don't have to just feel worse and worse as we age. Right. Yeah. I've, I've found that too, that just not feeling good, having a headache every day, being tired and, you know, fatigued and ran down isn't just part of getting older. That was probably symptoms of my lifestyle and the way that I was eating before. And now a lot of those things have have gone away. I'm not tired every day. Most days I don't wake up with a headache anymore. And that's all been since I changed to having a clean fast. 100%. I love what you just said. Feeling bad isn't just what we're destined for getting old, you know, when we're getting older. You know, I feel better. I feel fabulous. But I remember when I was so overweight, I remember how awful I felt and how tired I would need to nap. Everything ached. And now I could just bounce around. I had a little pain when we moved and I overworked my knees a little bit. You know, my joints were like, okay, you're 50 and you lifted a lot of heavy things today. But 
it was gone really quickly. And and that's not how I feel normally. Right. But I do remember, I do remember those days. So what other health benefits have you felt or seen or noticed? I never got went to a doctor and was diagnosed, but Dr. Google tells me that I think I had plantar <laughs> I think I had plantar fasciitis in one of my heels. And it was starting to get to the point to where every time I would like get up and like off the couch and walk, that heel was hurting me so bad. I had even started trying to buy different like foot things, like a gadget that you roll your heel on and do these different exercises or whatever. And it, I, I bet I was just a couple weeks into fasting and it stopped hurting as bad. Now it, it doesn't bother me at all. Maybe if I've had too much sugar, it'll remind me that it's still there, but that's, that has improved. I was a Splenda junkie. That's how it makes it sound like that it has to do with inflammation then. I think so too. Or for me anyway, I don't know about for everyone, but for me, for sure. I was a Splenda junkie. I always had in just one regular cup of coffee, I would have four Splendas and I had several of those a day. And I noticed when I stopped the Splenda, there was this weird cyst on my wrist. And that also was gone within a couple of weeks or a month of fasting on my, my back. I would break out. I would have acne on my back to the point of, like I said, we got married on the beach. So I wanted to wear a sundress. I had to be careful with what I was going to pick because when I was choosing my dress, because I didn't want my back to be broke out and that to be in my pictures. Of course, by the time I made it to to the wedding, you know, I, I was looking, you know, in March and April for a dress and by June that was cleared up. But that was what I was going to say is I think it was either fasting or eliminating the Splenda has really helped with that. I don't have breakouts anymore. That's really amazing. A, a heartburn. Did you used to have heartburn? Yes, I would. I had to have times just about every night I would wake up to go to the bathroom and grab a couple of times while I was in there. And now I hardly ever have it. If we go and have fried food at a restaurant, it gives me heartburn. Now, I don't know if it's something they do or the oils they use or what, but like if my husband fries fresh fish here at the house, it doesn't seem to bother me. But if we go out to eat and I have it, it that's going to give me heartburn. But it's not an every night thing like before. I do 100% think it's bad oils at restaurants because that the same thing happens to me. Like if I have fries... At like like I was on a cruise ship and I had fries. I had the worst stomach ache the whole rest of the afternoon. That and but if I go to a really nice like we have a, a really fresh burger and fries place here in town at the local farmhouse burgers, their fries don't bother me at all. Yeah, it's weird. It's something something with the restaurants. I sleep better in general unless I'm doing unless I'm doing a longer fast. I have more energy. The brain fog is gone. Mental clarity, for sure. I don't know if that's the same thing, brain fog and mental clarity. It's the flip side of the same coin, right? You know, we we, we had the brain fog. And now not only do we not have brain fog, but we have even better mental clarity. <laughs> it's even better than just not having brain fog, I think. I think. And the afternoon slump, I don't get that anymore. I'm not just, just so tired and by two o'clock waiting for the the work day to be over and then tired when I get home. Of course, I'm tired when I get home sometimes, but not like I was before. So more energy. Well, that's a lot. I mean, I really think, you know, the fasting plus the giving up Splenda really made a huge difference. I mean, 
I, I know that in your eating window, you could choose to have Splenda if you wanted to or whatever or aspartame or anything. It, if it's your eating window, you can choose. But I do think that there's some things that affect our bodies in ways that we may not realize. And for me, I think that those artificial sweeteners, you know, we all gravitated towards them as dieters because they have zero calories. And we were just so worried about the calories. You know, I used to, you mentioned, you know, that your ex-husband liked Mountain Dew. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com ifstories promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I was addicted to diet Mountain Dew for years. This is a long time ago, but I drank it nonstop until I read about the the yellow coloring and the brominated whatever, and that was, you know, affected your thyroid. Then I stopped. But, you know, the diet sodas were just so appealing because you're like, hey, they're calorie free. <laughs> but I think that they, they really mess with our gut microbiomes. And I think metabolically, having that constant sweet taste with no calories, I think actually confuses our bodies more than anything else. I think so too. For me, it was splendid in my coffee. And then as the day went on, I would switch to tea sweetened with sweet and low. So I've, I've never been a big soda drinker or anything, but I noticed whenever I started fasting and okay, my first attempt was stop. I didn't have a tracker or know, you know, what schedules I was going to do, but I started with just stopping snacking after dinner and I skipped breakfast. Well, at the time, my only breakfast was usually, because it was on the way to work, two mozzarella cheese sticks or string cheese, whatever they are, and a handful of peanuts. 
And so you can't tell me that just taking away those two cheese sticks and a handful of peanuts was what allowed the scale to start moving. That was my, my breakfast that I cut out. It was cutting out all that Splenda and the sweet and low in my tea that helped it start moving again. 100%. I think that's true. But, you know, just talking about the the sweeteners, I would just encourage people, if you're stuck, you know, if you're doing intermittent fasting and you're stuck, look in your window and see, are you still, you know, having the artificial sweeteners and still thinking about the diet mentality of, well, with zero calories? I would encourage people to really examine that because I don't like to say bad food and have, don't have that food, but I, I think it affects us more than we realize. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like we don't really know what is in there and what all it is doing to us. But I don't think it's doing anything good. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I <laughs> yeah. still like to have my, my coffee with cream in my window. And that's my, my current debate is, well, do I put a couple spoonfuls of real sugar in it? Or do I go ahead and have Splenda? When I know I've seen the effects of Splenda on my body with my cyst and my acne on my shoulders. So even though it's a lot less than I was having before, I'm still on the fence. I know I would do better with probably just learning to love black coffee all the time, but I do still look forward to my good coffee. But I figure with sugar, at least our body knows what the heck to do with that. Have you tried using like raw honey, for example? No, but that's a good idea. I would try that. Just, you know, I know that, you know, there are are a lot of people who will say, well, you know, sugar, honey, whatever, it's all just the same. I really don't think it's all just the same. You know, refined sugar is stripped away of really everything except just that, you know, that sugar itself. But raw honey has some things that, you know, some beneficial things in there. You know, there's also some things like coconut palm sugar. Have you ever tried that? No. Where, where would you get it? A health food store or like Amazon? You could probably get it from Amazon. Coconut palm sugar. I don't, I don't have it now, but used to. I used to always have it. I guess I just stopped. I stopped sweetening things, but it's it's got a really good kind of almost like a brown sugar taste, and it's just a whole lot less refined. Yeah, it's kind of like the difference between like grinding your own flour from wheat, you know, that you're and it has all the stuff still in there, versus you know the highly refined white flour. I, th- I think the difference, you know. So people who are trying to completely avoid sugar probably wouldn't want to have the coconut palm sugar either. But if you're looking for a middle ground, it's just really got a nice kind of brown sugary flavor. Huh. I'll have to look that up because I, I really only want something to make my one cup of coffee in my window sweet. Just a little bit of something sweet with your your window coffee. I would try that. Let me know what you think. Try it and, and tell me later. <laughs> Just, I just loved, I just, I forgot that I haven't bought that in years because I just started drinking black coffee and that was it. But when, in the periods of time when I wasn't dieting, okay, which, which, you know, I would cycle back and forth. But if I was dieting, this, this is, you know, way before 2014, but if I was dieting, I would have the stevia, but if I wasn't dieting, I would have the coconut palm sugar. Okay. I'll try it. All right. It's really delicious. (laughs) But um, anyway, that that is such an interesting debate because, you know, if you did give up that cream and completely, you'd still be fasting a little bit longer. But do you need to? That see, that's the question. You know, you, you're thinking of your coffee as something you enjoy, and it's a snack. Yeah. So you know, you might as well have that versus a, a food snack if you want it, right? I usually still have a food snack too. I normally don't. I don't open with my coffee. I usually open with 
a salad and I've learned to scale my salad down because my salads can really get out of hand. If I just I get it. <laughs> if I just bring all the stuff to work and make my salad there, it's a huge salad. That's a meal. So I've started making it at home and just, okay, that's what I get to eat. And I pay attention to, oh, okay, I've had enough. I don't need to finish eating the salad just because I have some left. And then when I'm done with that, I'll wait a little bit and then I have my cup of coffee and then it's time to go home. And then I eat dinner with my family. Yeah. It sounds like just a really enjoyable ritual. That's part of your day. Yes, it is. My old lady coffee is what I call it. And I call, <laughs> I call it that because my, my old boss, she would have coffee. I worked at the same place for 22 years, but I have a different boss now than when I was hired on. She would make coffee in the afternoon. And at the time I was just young. So of course I don't, I probably didn't even drink coffee yet, but. Coffee was only for in the mornings for helping you wake up. And if you're having it in the afternoon, it's old lady coffee is what I teased. That's hilarious. Because by the time she (laughs) retired, guess who was making the old lady coffee? It was me. making. You were. Yeah. (laughs) That's really funny. But, you know, I would keep it in there. Then if you really enjoy it that much, it's in your eating window. If you ever feel like, you know, I really do want to ramp up weight loss just a little bit you know, maybe try not having it every day, just see if that makes a difference. But but you'll know when the time is right. I really believe in having your window be enjoyable and something that feels like a lifestyle. I do too. For me, I do look forward to that one cup of coffee and that you're so right on it has to be enjoyable. I heard somebody, I have friends who they listen to somebody else, a different podcast. And so I've listened to it a few times too. And that was one of the things that stuck out to me the other day when I was listening. And it said, and you have to enjoy your journey, whatever you're doing to lose weight, you have to enjoy it. So you're not looking for something to hop off of and you don't have to worry about getting back to it. If you're enjoying it, why not make it your life forever? So you heard that on a different podcast? Yes. Do you want me to say what you it was? You can share. Yeah. Yeah. Share. I, I, like I, I didn't, if you were going to say something bad about it, I didn't want you to. But since it's a good thing, I, we all love, people that are listening love podcasts. I mean, I don't listen to podcasts, which is hilarious. But I never did until you. And now this, this friend, she's listening to a podcast too. So I'm like, hey, I know about podcasts now. What are you listening yeah, to? Yeah. Sometimes people are like, what's a podcast? Right. <laughs> but, when but, I tell them what I do for a living, I'm like, I'm a writer and a podcaster. They're like, I don't know what that is. Oh, how so, funny. Any so what is the, the podcast that you're enjoying? The lady's name is Corinne with a C, Corinne Crabtree, and she's lost 100 pounds with fit and fat, like with P-H-I-T and P-H-A-T. I've seen that one. It does kind of go handy. I like to listen to it just to kind of just to see what my friend's listening to. Of course, I think everybody should be fasting and everybody needs a window, but I, I was just listening, trying to have an open mind, if anything. And there are a lot of good things. They also listen for the sigh when their body is full. And that lady has colorful language. So just a disclaimer there, if if you don't want to hear cussing, that lady, she cusses a lot. Um, I don't know why, but that's <laughs> how she gets her point across. Yeah. But she she tells them to don't eat if you're not hungry. And that goes well with, with fasting too. And there's a whole lot of being in tune with your body. She's big on having a plan. And I kind of think for our windows, we could have a plan too. And that that's the big thing. There's also no meal plan or, or whatever. She's not going to tell you what foods to eat. 
but her thing is listen to your body, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're, they say satisfied, not full and kind of make a plan for the day. And she suggests writing it out. But honestly, if you've thought to buy the groceries and bring them to your house and pack them to your work, that's kind of your plan. You know, don't go to the vending machine and buy something else. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be this meticulous log. Just stick to your plan. Don't bring your lunch and then say, never mind, and go out with your girlfriends and have something else instead. That's pretty much the gist of it. So it, it goes hand in hand with what, what we do a lot. I love that advice to have a plan because I can recall days when I didn't, even now, you know, like, I describe it as wandering around the kitchen, shoving things in my mouth. You know, I'm like, well, I don't really have something to have as a snack. So let me have a little of this and a little of that and a little of something else. And then you're not satisfied and you're still shoving more things in your mouth. And so it's a lot better to say, okay, today I'm going to have this. And I find it so helpful to put it on a plate, like serve yourself. Like you were talking about the big salad, you know, like, let's say I'm going to have cheese and crackers. If I get out the cheese, get out the crackers, slice up some cheese, put it on a plate, get some crackers out. I will sit down and I will eat that cheese and crackers and I'm perfectly satisfied. But if I sat down with the whole block of cheese and a knife and the box of crackers, I could just keep going. Yes. I've noticed that for myself too. I like to make these little plates. Sometimes I want a little bit of everything. So I'm not going to I might want broccoli and carrots with ranch, but I might also want an orange or I might want a strawberry or I might want cheese and crackers. So I'll make a a random plate. It might have one little floret of broccoli, two baby carrots, a dollop of ranch, a cheese with cracker, an orange wedge. I just, I like to make my little plates and it's not a whole serving of anything, but it's a whole lot of random whatever. But yes, I have to have it on a plate too, because of course I could eat the whole orange and a pile of broccoli. But if I have it on a plate, I'm going to eat what I've served myself and I'm satisfied. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, that really is a huge thing for me. And it's it's just because, 
you know, the eating when satisfied, stopping when you've had enough. It's easy to say that, but when you've got a giant whole bag of, you know, tortilla chips, you just, it's like, well, I'll just have one more. Well, just one more. Well, just one more. (laughs) Just another. Right. It's easy to lose track of how many you've already had because heck, the whole bag's still sitting there. Can't be. be And even with our eating window, we do have to, you know, overeating within your eating window is not going to be a winning strategy for any of us. So we do have to be mindful that we're not overeating just because our window is open. And I think that is something that a lot of us, I mean, I've certainly had to had to struggle with that over the years. Just because my window's open and I could eat, that doesn't mean I need to keep eating. Like, no, Jen, you've had enough of that. It's time to stop eating it. Fasting helps me know when I've had enough. But, you know, the fact that I'm an intermittent faster but still, I have to listen to those signals. And having, having, I'm not going to get up and go back to the kitchen and get the cheese back out and slice off more, probably. <laughs> I could if I was still hungry, but I'm not going to. So that really helps. I had to go back and read. Um, I think you put your whole journey in the appendix. And that was me. When you posted, you wrote something about at first you were trying to maximize all the eating opportunities. That was me to a T because I started with doing 16-8 or 18-6. So when I tried to shrink it down to say 24, I was still trying to just have the same food, but in a shorter time frame. And I was able to eat it, but that wasn't getting me anywhere. And it seemed like, and even still some, I can go 24 hours and just, you know, dinner to dinner or whatever. But for some reason, it feels like if I go 20 hours, I'm just too too hungry. 19.5 seems to be my sweet spot for right now because I want to just attack my food like it's about to run away. And I find that I'll overeat if I shrink my window a little bit too much. Now, if it's just one meal and done, okay, I can eat a lot. But if I'm going for a snack and, and something else later, that one right now is too something for me, if that makes any sense. It does. And I love that you're talking about this because, you know, I talk in the in the Facebook groups a lot about, you know, finding your sweet spot with your window. And then people want to know, well, what should that be? And I can't tell you exactly. I can only tell you what really felt good for me when I was losing weight or what I do now. But the thing is, the idea that shrinking it down more and more and more is always the right answer is just not true. Because, you know, Let's say somebody's trying 16-8 and they're not not seeing the results they want. I would suggest shrinking it down. Maybe try 19-5 for a while and see how that is. Maybe that's not your sweet spot. Maybe it's 24. But that doesn't mean you keep going till now you're at, you know, 23-1 and now you're at 23 and a half, one half, you know. It it sometimes less is not better. A shorter window is not going to be better because people do then struggle with overeating and like kind of binge behavior. And so if you find a shorter window makes you just kind of go crazy, then that is not your sweet spot. It needs to be longer. Maybe somebody has a sweet spot of six hours. Maybe it's four, maybe it's three and a half. Maybe today it's two, tomorrow it's seven. But you just have to pay attention to your body and don't just think, you know, less is more. Right. Yeah. And it changes. Sometimes Sometimes just one meal and and done is okay with me. And then other times it feels like that was stressful, stressful for me making it to that point in the day. And 
to, for me, it goes back to it has to be enjoyable. That's not enjoyable for me. If I'm going to have a snack at work and get to have my coffee and have dinner, that's enjoyable. And I know it's something that I can keep on doing. Then that's what's going to work for me right now. Yes. And, you know, I think we have to always keep that in mind because, you know, I, I look at my body and I don't wear a bikini with, you know, a, a two-piece. I mean, I, I do wear a two-piece, but it has the, the tankini. I'm not showing my bare belly on the beach because <laughs> I've got, you know, little poochy stuff going on there. And I could probably get rid of that, but I would have to diet really hard and it wouldn't be enjoyable. So I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? I I, I can wear a tankini and enjoy my life versus you know, work hard for washboard abs and and not enjoy my life. Right. I don't want to do if that. If you did, would I'm you have 50. To- I'm wearing a tankini. Exactly. <laughs> and if you yeah. did do that, would it? Would you have to do that forever to maintain your yeah, washboard abs? Who I, wants to yes, do that? Yes, I would. I don't. And so, you know, I have found a way of eating that helps me to maintain a body that I feel good in, fully clothed. And I don't have the body that you would bear on the beach, but that's okay. I, I'm not willing to work that hard. Right. Me too. Yep. <laughs> I want to feel good in my skin, and I do. But, you know, I, I don't want to work so hard that I don't want to do something that's not maintainable for me. Right. That's me too. And I think that's just maybe that wisdom comes with age. I don't know. We're just at the point where, like, we're just going to enjoy ourselves and <laughs> love the skin that we're in. You know, I love that saying you want to have a bikini body, put a bikini on your body, you know. But I still, I'm still not at that point. I'm tankini. Tankini is good enough for me. Yes, <laughs> tankini or, or even a one piece is good for me. Nobody wants, nobody wants to see all my jiggles in a bikini. Yeah, and I'll included. just always have the jiggles. You know, I'm, I just, I, I don't even know if I could get those washboard abs. I don't think I ever had them. Even I look back, you know, when I was in high school and in college, you know, I had a, I had a little squish even then, and. I think we're supposed to be a little squishy. I think so too. We're women. <laughs> we're supposed to be supposed to be squishy. So, do you share um, intermittent fasting with people in your daily life, or I do. do you keep I, it to yourself? At first, I kept it to myself because it just seemed so drastic and so extreme. And that right after I had read the obesity code, I, I didn't share. And by May, one of my coworkers. She has gone on to read, I think she read Obesity Code also, and I know for sure she read Delay, Don't Deny. She's a member of the groups. She has lost about 30 pounds herself, and now seeing us both do it, a couple of the other coworkers are kind of dabbling in it, and yeah, I'll, I'll share it with anybody. At first, I didn't, but now I, I honestly think everybody should get a window. My 12-year-old daughter, I know fasting isn't for, for kids, but she has a bad habit of coming home from school and snacking from the time she gets home to the time she goes to bed. So I've tried to she definitely sees what I'm doing. She likes to listen to your podcast. And she also wanted me to make sure that I found a way to mention her in here. She well, has, hello. What's her name? Allie. Hello, Allie. Uh, she she tries to have a window. Um, her school lunch is at 1045. So when I say she skips breakfast now, that doesn't mean I'm making my kids starve all day or anything. And it was her idea. She patted her belly one day and she said, Mom, I got to lose some of these pounds. So, Well, I think that a lot of kids naturally are not hungry when they first wake up. Right. And I think that, you know, saying, 
hey, you know, we're doing intermittent fasting is really different from saying, hey, you don't have to eat breakfast if you don't want breakfast. For sure. Her thing now that my older daughter drives, they, they ride to school together. She drives herself and has a job. So she has money to stop at the gas station and buy a monster, which also is not good. So she's having sweet drinks in the morning sometimes too. So now I've told her, okay, if you can just tide yourself over with just water and skip that and wait until lunch, that would even help you. So I'm trying to, I don't want to give her a complex about her body, but she was the one who mentioned that she wanted to lose some pounds. So I was trying to steer her in, in this way versus calorie restriction or something else. Yeah, hundred percent. Just, you know, teaching our kids to drink water instead of those processed drinks and, you know, water's free. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> or I'll even buy you a water if that will help. <laughs> exactly. Because gosh, I do look at kids, you know, I, I taught for 28 years and we started letting the kids bring water bottles to school when we realized, you know, it, it helps them to stay focused, to have access to water right there at their desk. But then they started adding stuff to it. Yeah. You know, they all have those water enhancers and they're adding it in and bringing the, you know, Gatorade in the water bottle instead. And so now they're just constantly on that sweet beverage kick all day long. That is not a good trend. And so we started having rules at our school where it had to be just water, but we couldn't see what that was in there. Yeah. And some of the additives are clear, so you don't know. Right. So they were not just drinking water. And I think that's just a slippery slope. And you know, the what this next generation is going to have to face because the beverage industry, I really think a lot of the obesity epidemic falls right on the beverage industry's feet. I think so too. Because even now versus whenever I was a kid, I mean, just out running around, let's stop at Starbucks. Let's, oh, let's stop at the gas station and get a drink. We didn't do that kind of stuff when we were No, kids. we did not. We did not. They'd be like, no. I, could, I mean, If you asked your parents, could I? They'd be like, no, right? you cannot. <laughs> Go drink some water out of the hose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We knew better like, than Honestly, that's asked. what we did. We went outside and drank water out of the hose. Mm-hmm. We should sure did. <laughs> it was a summer day. We stayed outside. We didn't even come in. Drinking that hose water. And if, if you drank it too soon, it was hot. You had to wait for it to flow through. And right? it still tasted like plastic from the water hose. It tasted like the hose. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. And now they're all with their fancy, you know, fancy water bottles. They're that they're flasks. around. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh, bless them. <laughs> all right. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you started? I would tell someone just starting out to read the book. Read both books. Educate yourself. Uh, learn why it works. And I would also say start today. I, I saw somebody say, you're running out of Mondays. Don't wait until you finish the book to at least start practicing. Don't wait until Monday. Don't even wait for the book to come. Just start. Even if you make some mistakes at first. Exactly. Get Build that habit of, of, of fasting. And my other thing would be enjoy it. Find what works for you, enjoy it, and don't look at it as a wagon to hop on and off of. You might have long windows, you might have short fasts, but enjoy the process along the way and you won't have to worry about something that you're hopping on and off of. It really becomes a way of life. In my new book, Fast, Feast, Repeat, which is available as of as of the release date of this podcast, the, the book is available right now when we're recording, it's still not available, but when the podcast comes out, it will be available. I have actually a chapter about that, about there is no wagon. 
because you cannot fall off the wagon. Intermittent fasting is not a wagon. It's just you're not on the wagon, off the wagon. There's just shorter fasts and longer fasts. And so you're you're not going to quit. You know, sometimes new people will come to the group and they're like, well, what happens when I stop? We're like, you're not going to stop. Next question. <laughs> Someone has asked me that at my current boss now. She's starting to fast too. I think she's listening or downloaded or reading the book or something. She's trying. But before she had asked me, she said, well, she does Weight Watchers. She said, well, if I stop doing Weight Watchers, I'm going to gain it all back. Just like if you stop fasting, you're going to gain all yours back. And I honestly just said, well, but why would I want to stop? And I don't know if she if she gets it now, because she's really just dabbling with it. But I was like, why, why would I want to stop? And I was dead serious. It's true. I would never stop. You know, if I went to the doctor and they said, you have to stop fasting and here's why you're going to, you know, I would be like, what? No. I mean, I can't imagine a doctor telling me I had to do that. But my point is that I would really fight stopping kicking and screaming because I love it. I mean, I genuinely love living this way. You know, I, I don't want to go back to the way I felt when I ate all day. Mm-mm. Me either. I feel so much better now. It's true. Well, Stacy, I have really enjoyed talking to you and congratulations for finding a lifestyle that feels great to you. And thank you for sharing it with everybody today. Well, thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.